4: Ty's got good
5: hair. All right, let's welcome in Richard Davenport to the program this morning on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. RD, I, I want to start with something we kind of did yesterday. We asked Coach Pittman. Well, oh, you're not
3: going to start with mustard or ketchup? Oh, uh, we can start there. <laughs> All right, so what, Hard, the, I, I, the, we're going to do the heavy lifting early, Richard. Yeah,
5: the, the, it's National Chili Dog Day, and somehow that morphed, delved, morphed and delved off to mustard or ketchup, you put on, mustard hot dog. Or
3: ketchup on your hot dog. It will determine whether we continue this conversation.
6: I'll definitely catch it. Oh, oh, mustard, mustard, oh mustard! You have mustard let me mustard. down. Yes. Oh. No mustard. I was just oh, kidding. No. Was a joke. I, I, I knew that would get. The oh, answer, we're out of time.
5: You know. Thanks, RD. Appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> you jumping on. Well, I think uh, I think, a,
3: I think uh, ketchup guy. Woo pig, Stephen has uh, just summed it up perfectly for us. RD, mustard is for the adults. Ketchup is for the kids. I, think that, I don't think you could sum up your, your hot dog condiment any clearer than what Steven is, has just bottom-lined so this morning.
1: So is Ty a ketchup
5: guy?
0: Well, yes. what yes. would be your I'm guess? I'm a kid
5: at heart, Richard. I'll <laughs> always be a kid at heart. I'll be probably eating and drinking the same teen at 72 that I am at 28 right now. Right now, Richard, yeah. on the Morning Rush ketchup-mustard tally, Ketchup has a dismal eight points. <laughs> Mustard has 18. It's
3: because we have so, adults listening to the show. I mean, Steven's perfect on
5: this. They've basically doubled us t- plus two. So this is a, not a hot start for ketchup. We'll see if this continues on that uh, that road at this point. You like chili dogs, don't you, man?
6: Oh, my God. I think chili dogs, uh, you know, Well, and I, and I answered uh your, your question yesterday about uh, biscuits and bagels but uh, yes, sir the two uh, talking about uh, comfort food i think uh, a chili dog and and biscuits and gravy are, are two of the yeah. two of my key comfort foods
3: no, no one's ever had bagels and gravy i ever
5: will, yeah, yeah i will be i will be at Hardy's in about Three and a half hours and or four and a half. What's the math? Mm. Something like that. And I am going to opt for breakfast instead of uh, lunch today because of the biscuits and gravy that you just mentioned. That is something I'm going to eat in just a sec. Well, RD, moving on from food. We can always talk food and we can always talk ball with you. Um, Sam Pittman again on with us yesterday. We talked about his favorite memory. We talked about our favorite memories of his tenure. You obviously have the backstory on the different recruits that uh, have made it to the hill and have conversation. Do you have a favorite Sam Pittman recruit story you can share with us?
6: You know, I, I, was, I was thinking about that. Not, I didn't. I didn't have one that just popped out uh, in my head, but I do. I do remember one recruit. Uh, it was when uh, Sam was here the first time. You know, and, and anybody that knows uh, knows his wife Jamie, uh, what a sweetheart she is. Uh, how how she's an asset in the recruiting process. And I just remember a, a recruit telling me uh, when he was here the first time how you know, he he just uh, he was talking to Sam and Sam is hey here, here's Jamie so he gave the phone to jamie and jamie's just started talking to him and, and and he just he just thought that was so neat that uh you know that, that his wife uh he got to know his wife and he just he loved jamie too so uh recruits really gravitate and obviously to sam but i'm telling you jamie's a great asset too so uh that, that's just something that came came to mind last night that uh that made me think that he, he he's a you know obviously he's a great recruiter but he, he's also he married a great recruiter
3: too and it's, it's always important uh you know it, that partner is probably the most important uh, recruit you'll have uh in your in your life but uh, he talked about toughness yesterday and ben Souter's and there's been a lot of conversation out of media days about their summers and how tough they are and he said something i thought was uh it raised my eyebrows you, you can't be afraid to be disliked when you're in his spot and when you're in ben Souter's spot and they're asking the kids to do a lot and it got me to thinking you know they're they're clearly trying to to elevate and change the culture to to, to to a tougher environment within the four walls of that program richard but we're also in an environment with a transfer portal where you're trying to balance toughness but also fun and and and, and keeping players engaged with your program so i mean to me that seems like a delicate walk you're you're taking a a balancing act there that yeah I want to demand a lot ask a lot be tough not be afraid to be disliked but at the same time I got to re-recruit my players every day how how do you manage that balance
6: I th- I think the main thing is you got to you got to have uh, relationships with them uh, just just as much as you can I mean uh, sometimes you you just can't uh do that during the recruiting process some kids uh will will we'll notice that once they get on campus, and then to the, say the interaction or the relationships kind of go out the window, you can't do that. You you got to continue to do that uh, when they're on campus. You got to you got to make sure that they know that you care about them, and those relationships uh, will help you even during the tough times when you you're asking them to do things physically and mentally that uh, the average person uh, will never have to do. And, uh, I think that's, that, I think that's how you kind of, you, you win them over by those relationships and, and make sure that, that, the, that those kids know that you care about them, you know, and their families. And I think that they do a pretty good job of that.
5: Richard Davenport with us here on the McLarty Daniel Hotline. Richard, when you look at this upcoming season that Arkansas has at home, uh, you got initially the game in Little Rock, and then you've got a couple other SEC games scattered throughout. It's kind of weird that you don't play your first SEC game until Mississippi State at home. How important is it for them to get off to a, a, a good start? So recruits when again, they're deciding whether they're coming to Fayetteville for an official or not, it, ultimately decide it's going to be best for me to come to the Hill that weekend?
6: Yeah, that's obviously I mean, that's that's the key. Winning uh, attracts uh, you know, so many more opportunities for you in, in the recruiting process. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, obviously Arkansas is not known for 10, 12, uh, 13 win seasons or anything like that on a consistent basis, but if you're able to, to do something like that, and that kind of uh, ups, ups the game for you in recruiting. Um, more kids are attracted to you. Uh, you 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 already have all the other, the bells and whistles and all that stuff. But being able to win at a high level uh, that's that's obviously key. And you know six and six last year that or seven and six that's not obviously that's you know you go to a bowl game that's nice and all that, but that's not going to blow anybody away. So you you got to be able to have a, a good season this year to. Start, you know, not only, you know, get the kids that you're currently recruiting, you know, to come visit, but also guys that maybe you're on the fence and, and kind of thinking, well, you know, I, I really like the coaches and stuff like that. But, you know, they, they they went seven and six last year. They really haven't done anything other than the, the year before uh, they had an, uh, a nice season, nine and four. Uh, but uh, before that, Arkansas was really been mediocre for so many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to fight that uh, angle. And, and convince those kids, hey, we're an up-and-coming program. We're about to turn the corner. And how you how you do that is show them on the field.
0: Richard,
5: I, I remember talking to Landon Jackson about this last week, um, him trying to recruit Texarkana kids. And a couple weeks ago, I asked you about Tradarian Bell, who did at that point, I don't think, had an Arkansas offer. He's actually visiting this weekend, the young man for the Texarkana area. Uh, he's excited to see Coach Jimmy Smith and, I guess, get to Fayetteville. Has there been any update? On his status and maybe possibility, him deciding on Arkansas. Uh,
6: I, haven't, I haven't talked to him, but uh, you know, obviously, uh, with him visiting, that's that's gonna that's the first part of the process. And I mean, he, he's he's still a you know he's a 26 kid. He's he's still very young. So uh, you know, right now, coaches are really focused on the 24s and the 25s. Uh, and obviously, dabbling in the in the twenty sixes, but uh, those that relationship will uh, you know obviously start to grow, especially uh, this weekend when he visits and, and and possibly gets that offer.
3: Richard Davenport with us on the McClarty Daniel Highline. For those following the Kane Archer sweepstakes, the sophomore to be quarterback at Greenwood High School, it's it's required a week of antacids uh, if your stomach feels a little soured after following along on Facebook. He's been to Texas and now to Norman. He, he's been to, to the OU program and to Texas. Some of those uh, pictures, I think, for Razorback fans of him and those, uh, those get-ups, taking those recruiting photos, probably a little hard to stomach this week, R.D.
6: Yeah, I, I think the hardcore fans, yeah, definitely it is. But uh, at the same time, you can't blame a kid uh, going through the process, especially you, at, at his age, and and you want to experience and. Uh, everything that you can and, and compare every school and, and, and go through the process like anybody else does. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I can understand that, especially with the Texas uh, 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 pitchers, but uh, that's, that's just part of the process, and, you, and I, I respect any kid that does that. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I get the fans that get a little upset, but at the same time the, the kids have to experience the process and, and really truly find the, the right school for them. And you know, I, I think eventually he'll be a Razorback, and I, I don't know that for sure. But uh, I, you know, I think uh, he, he's he's always been fond of, of, of the Razorbacks. But at the same time, it's, there's nothing wrong with comparing, you know, uh, you know, schools and, and going through the process.
3: OU, Texas. A couple of weeks ago, it was at USC. Um, been to Arkansas a lot, so him and his brother Cash have have made a lot of trips. But uh, I know him and Lincoln Riley have. Have had a long, a longstanding relationship, you know, for several years now. Even though he's just entering his sophomore year, so you know, USC and Lincoln Riley would be someone also, I think, to keep an eye on in his list.
6: Oh, definitely, especially with what Lincoln's done with the uh, quarterbacks. I mean, that's a no-brainer. You got if you're a quarterback. You got it. You got to look at USC. I mean, whether you like uh, Lincoln Riley or not uh, as a fan, uh, but uh, you know, as, as a football player, if you're if you're, if you're a quarterback. You have to take a serious look at them.
5: Basketball-wise, I I didn't know when the Purdue news came out with that being a bye weekend. Is that an event, Richard, that you can bring football players and basketball players to, or does it have to be an official game for Eric Musselman and Sam Pittman to have guys in that weekend?
6: I would assume you can. I'll be honest with you. That's something that I I really haven't... uh, uh, thought about uh, but I, I i can't imagine you you not being able to but uh, at the same time i don't know that for sure well,
5: i want to ask you about inor boatain out of uh, little rock he's a kid that's now top or five star young man uh, top 10 recruit in the class of 2024 he's got offers everywhere and he's got an official visit coming up this weekend what, what can you tell us about one of the more talented basketball players in this next recruiting cycle
6: well, the thing about him, he over the last year or so, he's really improved his three point shooting. He really focused on that uh, about a year year or so ago, and and he's you're starting to see that uh, uh, that pay off. Uh, that that was the difference between between him uh, being maybe a, a, you know maybe a four star or or five, you know being able to uh, get up to elevate to a five star uh his his three point shooting is uh you know i would say above average now where it was maybe below average a, a year or so ago, but he's like i said he's really worked on that and and he had all of the other parts of the game as far as his ability to drive and go to the basket mid range and and stuff like that but uh you you had that three point shooting ability to to his offensive offensive game. And that just makes him that much more difficult to, to defend, and so. Uh, and then you throw in him as a young man, probably one of the more impressive young men that you'd ever want to talk to. I mean, he's he's very very serious about his academics. Comes from a great family. Very very impressive when you talk to him, and you just know he's going to be very successful. You know, whenever the basketball starts uh, bouncing.
5: Richard, we'll leave it there this morning. We appreciate you joining us on the McLarty-Daniel Hotline. Hopefully, we'll uh, get some more good news next week. Hopefully, Anor has a good official visit to Fayetteville this weekend.
6: All right, buddy. We'll see you guys.
5: So, we've alluded this a couple times this morning. I want to actually hear Sam Pittman's words talking about toughness. And again, we're going to say this stat probably a million times between now and the start of college football season. Four games, nine points. That is so close to being a much better season. Yeah, he didn't do it. Didn't execute. Didn't do this. Had some injuries go the other way. Here's what he said about what's been a grueling summer with the addition of Coach Souders in this team.
4: Arkansas has been known for toughness, and I'm not for sure that we at times didn't get away from that. So we doubled our OTA. We went June. We've, we've gone the full eight weeks of, of OTAs and five days a week lifting instead of four we went out in the heat of the afternoon every single time that we went out we never went in the morning in our team run you know the mind's still so powerful and we just want to make us a stronger mental football team and you know the hard times we needed to see them in the summer and i think we had to be comfortable being uh not liked at times I think a lot of times we wanted to have the approval of the team. And I'm not talking about treating them bad. I'm talking about treating them where we can go win our football games, our close football games. And so we went back to old school, uh, rock 'em, sock 'em robots a little bit. And, and I think it's going to pay off for us.
5: Did you play rock 'em, sock 'em
3: growing up? Is that the, uh, the, I did the the the, the, the boxing deal yeah. with the thumb,
5: that you you play with your thumbs. And yeah, yeah. I red, know red and blue. thing yeah, huh. I bet you and Teddy. Yeah. might have done that once yeah, or twice. Me and my brother used to do that. But uh, again, the, what he's talking about is accountability,
3: and that's what I was asking Richard about ten minutes ago. And Richard's answer was perfect. I mean, you, you got to let him know you care about him. I mean, you can hold people accountable. You can be tough on people if they know you're doing it because you care about the end result. And He's right about the mental toughness. I mean, while we don't train at the level these guys do, you know, we've all been on a treadmill. What's the first thing your mind wants to do? Quit, you know, until you get to the point where, you know, two miles isn't that tough. I can do that. And then you get to where three isn't so bad. You know, we may be doing it at a much slower pace. But the point is, you know, what's the first thing your body and your mind want to do? Quit. Quit. You got to train it to not do that. And that's what he's talking about right there you know it's get out in the heat of the summer. That way at these three cuz you got two games in the middle of the afternoon to start your season. It's going to be hot. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you get outside, I want I want to go in where it's air conditioned. Well, you you got to acclimate yourself to be ready
5: for that and that's exactly what they're doing it's kind of like our golf game right we're, we're trying to play in any inclement weather any type <laughs> of 100 plus degrees to condition ourselves well, the, when it is a cool crisp day that we can take advantage and mm-hmm. that much better yeah the heat doesn't that. bother
3: me it's the uh you know it, it's the treadmill that bothers me yeah. that's that's where i want to quit but but that you know i think there is a fine edge there and i think you you know you are constantly re-recruiting your players but i think Good player, or great players at least, maybe good ones don't, that's why they're not great, want to be pushed, want to be challenged, want to be held accountable, want to be made better. And they understand the process. So, you know, if you want to be a great player, you want to be great at anything, someone pushing
5: you is generally required to make that happen. And that's what I hear Sam Pittman talking about there. Well, here's the rub in all this, and this needs to be presented into this discussion now more than it's ever been before. Coaches also have to be cognizant that they aren't going to push guys out the door with the transfer portal. That is a new layer that Pittman, more in football than anything, not to say it doesn't happen in basketball or whatnot, but that is a new layer, and, and, I, and it was a follow-up, I didn't get a chance to ask him yesterday, but their guys nowadays, especially their freshman year, are more to. You know, I'm just getting to the portal yeah, or quit, not getting playing time or whatever. That's should- bingo. It's about that. I don't think players are going to good
3: players that are trying to become great players aren't going to leave because the workout's too hard. Because mm-hmm. we got to lift weights five days instead of four. The good ones that you want in your program, they don't they don't think yeah. that way, Ty. It's about what you just said that was buried in your, your comment. It's about playing time. It's when they feel like I've done the work. I lifted the weights. I did the running. And my performance on tape and on the field merits me playing time. And I'm still not getting that playing Mm -hmm. time. That's when players leave.
5: I'd actually like to see if I could last five minutes in doing something Coach Souders instructs these guys to do. Oh, I could. could, what's What's the length of time you could go? Depends on how long the water break is. Just take <laughs> in, in elongated. When he asked him to take a water break, I can hang in there for the entire break. In, I bet in elongated water break. Yeah. yeah, but some of this stuff. And I was talking to Landon about this, and I was like, "Hey, man, what's the worst? Uh, what's the worst thing you got to do in the offseason?" He went on this this <laughs> this long response about yeah we have to do this 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 like talked about back to back to back. And I'm just thinking about myself. I think I'd die if I uh well you don't do that day one though. You you work your way into shape to it. do that. Yeah, and. uh It's just, this is the part, again, of the season, you've you've said it, Chuck said it, and I'll repeat it, that can be the difference between converting on a critical third or fourth down in a short yardage situation, or having that last bit of energy at the tail end of a football game that you may have not had a year before, and you look to last year, and a lot of that had to do with injuries more than I think um, some of the other aspects we've spoken to, but... That's a big deal. It builds confidence.
3: I mean, and these guys are the best shapes of their life, you know, best physical condition. Best but, days of our lives. Well, I mean, but, but they work hard to do it. I mean, yeah. you feel better about it because you're the one that put the work in to get to that condition. Their bodies will be in the best shape ever on August 4th when they start camp. Yeah. You know, you just, you just go downhill from there because mm-hmm. of the wear and tear that, that sets in. But, but, uh, but they're working hard to, to get to that peak condition to start at an elevated platform. <laughs>
5: During the summer months, I know many of you are active, go into the lake, go into the beach, and if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and you can get 50% off your order right now using the code HTL50. Just go to factormeals.com/HTL50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about 2 minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor Take 50% off right now. FactorMeals.com slash HTL50. That's FactorMeals.com slash HTL50, and get 50% off.
0: Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877 377 6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
5: your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts
0: you're listening to the bud light morning rush podcast bud light proud sponsor of arkansas athletics
5: tom we were just debating about the two arkansas wins and two arkansas losses if you had to pick those four games for in your opinion if if Sam Pittman could just magically say we're winning these two games, but unfortunately we have to lose these two games, what do you think would be the best two games to win and lose for the Arkansas football team this year?
6: Wow, what a
1: proposal, man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's going to play along. Um, other than I think he would like to to say he could beat these two teams, And I I think he'd pick Bama yep. just because of the long streak and because of what it would mean. You know, If you beat Bama, then your program – has has hit a milestone. You know, Ole Miss did it a few years ago. Auburn's done it here and there. A&M got a big one. That's Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, yeah, yeah. Tennessee got it last year. So, it's it's a thing right now to beat Bama. So, I think that would be one. And then, you know, <clears throat> there's some teams they've beaten recent years. He's already beaten LSU. He's already, you know, he's already beaten uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State some. Um, and he's beaten A&M once, too. So, I don't know the second one would be um, – since there wouldn't be any long streak breakers in there, um, but it might be like it might be like a road win somewhere, like yeah. maybe Florida, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, something like that. that Tom, I,
3: said, I said Florida because you've never won at Florida, and this year it comes off your bye week. I, I just think it's so deflating, Tom, when you lose going into a bye, and then you get two weeks to get ready for the next game, and if you lose or fall flat coming off of a bye, particularly early November. That just feels like a loss and a half to me. So I think Florida's. A, if you could circle one, and hey, I guarantee victory here at Gainesville this year would be have to be one for me just because of where it's at on the schedule.
1: Yeah, I like the sound of all that, all the reasons you laid out, and then, you know, you haven't beaten Florida in so many years. And, um, yeah, the, the course of a season, this is going to be a really bizarre course of a season for Arkansas because after the first three at home, and, you know, you hope you – Cap that by beating byU again and you 'd be three and uh ostensibly um, then it starts to get really tough i mean you've got an a and m team that if you go back over a decade, how many of those games should they have won it's like it's like four or five they should have won but didn't and i wouldn 't say there's any that they they won and shouldn't have won mm-hmm. so uh, they've managed to snatch uh, a lo- loss out of the jaws of victory many times in that series and it's, it's very frustrating, I mean, to the point that Brett Bielema said that he wanted to go across and punch Kevin Sumlin, his buddy. I mean, that's how frustrating this series has been. Um, and last year was, you know, another – it wasn't overtime, but it was a different kind of chapter to the pain they felt there. So, they got they, they really need to beat A&M. And, you know, the LSU game, it's, it's a tough way to start out. But, um, hey, man, they had a chance against them last year, too.
5: Tom Murphy with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, one of the things we asked Sam Pittman, or what Tommy asked Sam Pittman yesterday, is really about the formations. He was very adamant about having four down linemen and seeing more tight ends wrinkled in the offense. What is something intriguing you want to see at fall camp schematically from both sides of the football?
1: I mean, we saw a lot of all this in spring, and I think I think Sam Pittman has just kind of made his mind up that when they when they have three uh, down linemen, and you go back to the Georgia game, Georgia threw, what, 17 passes in that game two years ago? They just crushed them on the ground, and they don't want to be subject to that anymore. They want, they want to be able to get the fits they want and have more equitable matchups uh, across the front, and you do that by having a D lineman in there. Now, they've got to be flexible enough to, to go to more of a three-man with you know a linebacker-type body if they have to. Uh, but it's interesting that they say, you know, we're going to keep three or uh, four linemen on the field at all times. Um, the makeup of the secondary, I mean, we know some of the front line guys, but there's so many newcomers. Um, I'm intrigued to see um, where everybody's going to start fitting in. I mean, including some guys who weren't on campus, like Jaheim Singletary and there's some others, uh, how they're going to fit into the two deep. So that's intriguing to me. And then We know what the Dan Enos system has looked like before, and we know that he's added more RPOs into what he does, but still likes, you know, too tight. He likes to run pistols and take snaps under center. Um, And so they're going to keep those variations going, and it's, um, it's, it's things for defenses to have to scheme up for, and that's what we know Dan Enos has, you know, been known for. Yeah.
3: Tom Murphy with us here on the McClarty Daniel Highline. I don't know if you heard the conversation we had with Coach yesterday, but I thought he gave us some great insight and some, some personnel detail about the offensive line and particularly where they're at with the tackles right now. I thought one of the more interesting things he said in addition to, you know, Kevin of kind of looking at Devin Manuel and Patrick Kutas as their as their tackles and then Tykes Crawford fitting into that, but also the backup role and how they're hoping uh, that the transfer Wiggins – uh, was it Amari Wiggins is can can hold down that spot as the number two center? I thought that uh, was was some good insight from Coach yesterday.
1: Yeah, and now that you mention that, I'm, I need to go back and listen to the full interview because um, when when local media talks to Stan Pittman, we're, I'm going to get more out of that than say his sit down with uh, you know some guys up in in Nashville last week. So I will go back and listen. And hey, if they think Wiggins is a good backup center, I mean we know they. They move some guys around Street and some other guys um, at center behind Limmer, uh, but having a transfer that they trust would be a big deal there, uh, and it might give you more latitude in the other position.
3: And I think the goal, from what he was saying, I think he laid it out well yesterday, is let's not let one move become two. Let's not have to make two moves because of one injury. And that, and they're you know they'd like to have be too deep at every spot. That way, if someone goes down, you don't have to move. A center to a guard spot, or you know, someone you know, from from a different position, have to have two different linemen uh, in different spots as a result of one injury.
1: Exactly, and that's what they've been really good at is all that types of plotting. And you know, they bring I think one of, I want to say six guys who they could trust at center to at least make the center uh, quarterback mm-hmm. exchange to every game. You know, even road games, they'll have six guys that they know they can snap the ball. And so they they try to cover every contingency. Um if a Ta'keir Crawford goes down like he did in the bowl game, um you know, Emerian Harris, that was a great substitution role for him uh against Kansas in the bowl game. And so they're going to have um a- every contingency covered or or try to. And the earlier you you get that going in camp, the more the guys trust themselves if they're playing a little bit out of position, you know.
5: Talking with Tom Murphy here on the Morning Rush via the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, we got basketball news yesterday. The Purdue Boilermakers, Matt Painter, coming in on the bye week with the best player in college basketball last season, all 7-4 of Zach Eady. How about that expedition exhibition we got coming up at the end of October, man?
1: What a bit of, bit of news that was out of the blue yesterday. Um, yeah, you're talking about the consensus player of the year from last year, a guy who was going to go in the draft and pull back out. In And, I mean, at 7-4, how often do you see a guy, uh, I mean, the shot blocking, the scoring down low, the rebounding, it's all going to be a huge test for this team. Uh, You kind of wish it went on the actual ledger instead of just being an exhibition game. But, hey, it's still going to be wonderful. It's going to raise money for, you know, tornado relief. Um, On our trip to Nashville last week, Wally Hall told us about how, like, the rest of the state kind of forgets, okay, wow, it hit in Little Rock. That's bad. But he said these neighborhoods are still devastated, and, mm-hmm. and it wiped out some major sections of Little Rock. So it's a good cause. It's a fantastic opponent. Um, the scheduling that Eric Musselman and his staff have been able to accrue, I mean, the, the the preseason trips and the exhibitions like at Texas last year, they get beat by 30, but <laughs> but you're like, excuse me, my watch is talking to me. Um, <laughs> they get beat by 30, but you know that they're going to bounce back, and and they did. So, I don't know, this will be fun, and you'll get to see um, um, a player who's going to be a probably first-team um, All-American. Yeah,
5: Tom, it is a, still so a college football Saturday. While Arkansas is not playing, there's still going to be some pivotal college football games that day. What kind of attendance do you think we see for when Purdue comes to town?
1: There's a huge section of Razorback fans who will come to basketball, you know, like they're devoted to basketball. So, although it might not be a full house, it's an exhibition game, There's still going to be a very representative audience for that game because of, you know, the national uh, platform it it gives. And um, if, if I go to it, and I probably will, then I will record whatever prominent game of the day that there's going to be on that day.
3: Yeah. And were you as excited as probably the rest of the people that work on campus and that cover the team, that it was on the bye weekend? That way that way you don't have to worry about having no plans that weekend and relaxing and resting. You got you got some work to do that weekend. we we are you as excited as the rest of us about that part of the scheduling?
1: Uh okay. Now you're taking us into another round time. Yeah. Yeah. I the last two years I have done something on the open date week just to get away, you know, just to reset you know um we went to uh far west texas two years ago after the uapb game in little rock and i did something last year i don't remember but uh, i will probably plan for something for the middle part of that week and i don't know about the weekend it just depends on uh how big we're going to cover the game but yeah. yeah um you know people on campus <clears throat> it's a great game and all but then you know they do have to work it so uh-huh. sorry for them
0: yeah
3: well, and, you know, last year, Arkansas went down to Austin and played Texas. That game was not televised. I, I, I would be surprised just because of the time of the year and because of some things well, that they put this even on the streaming TV on the SEC Network Plus on Arkansas Stream because generally I think coaches want to keep as much under wraps as they can and they don't put it out there that it's and it's not out there. Uh,
1: well, you bring up some points. You guys have thought this through a little bit more than I have. Um uh, I, I do not know what type of presentation it might be for TV, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably why they're still talking about it.
5: <laughs> well, Tom, we'll leave it there this morning, man. We really appreciate you joining us, and we'll uh, talk on Tuesday as we get closer to football season.
1: 37 man, days a, out. Wow. Yeah, sounds good. Y'all have a great weekend.
2: Fantasy football season is here, and Buffalo Wild Wings is your headquarters for your draft party. Buffalo Wild Wings has draft kits that include a draft board and player stickers. You won't go hungry with this 9 in fantasy bundle for your draft party. Get 50 traditional wings, 50 boneless wings, two trays of party wedges, party-sized chips and salsa, and a party queso dip, all for only $150. Plan your fantasy football draft party and get more details at your Buffalo Wild Wings in Fort Smith, Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, and Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Beer. Wings. Football. It's Christmas in July. Give your family
3: the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pasco. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com.
5: Get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville.
2: Core cool, jewelry!
0: You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. <laughs>
5: Welcome into your hog update and a mustard ketchup update for those that are just listening this morning. We asked the question early. Hey, hot dogs, are you taking ketchup or mustard on it. It is now got mustard just clobbered ketchup during the break. Mm. Forty four to twenty four in favor of mustard. Let, stop the count. Yeah.
3: This M- is rough. Mills lane would stop the fight, and there's no question.
5: They uh it's like the the mercy rule within high school football in the state, when the clock's running.
3: Oh, this is yeah. This is a but it's
5: whooping. pretty. It's pretty yeah. much there at this point. All right, time for your hog update. Arkansas-Purdue bye weekend Saturday three o'clock. Might want to go. There's not Arkansas football that day. Cannot wait now. Purdue this is basketball. <laughs> yes, Arkansas is taking on a team that has a one of the better coaches in college basketball, Matt Painter. The best player in college basketball last year and Zach Eady, all 7-4 of them. Good luck Makai Mitchell, Jalen Graham, Trem Brazil. That's going to be definitely a test early on. And they've got a couple other good pieces on the team. That is again 3 o'clock. Now the cool thing about this game, the proceeds are going to United Way to help with the tornado reliefs in Central Arkansas. And they're going to have these tickets go on sale coming up. Tommy, I'm absolutely, my butt's going to be there in Walton Arena that day, even with college football on. Oh, I mean, and if, I think Tom...
3: Brought out a point that uh, is spot on. There is a core of the of the fan base that is basketball first. I think yes. you lean that way. Uh, even in football season. It's not that you're not a football fan. It's not that you don't watch Razorback football. But if you have to make a choice between basketball and football, you're going there. Baseball has its core. That's that that's the same way. So I think you, you've got enough of those folks that will show up and, and make it a priority. Because you're talking about a top five team coming in here. A team that I know they got beat, but they were a one seed in the tournament last year. You mentioned Edney, the you know best player, perhaps in college basketball. You got that, and, and this is a game where there won't be it won't be part of your season ticket package. So for some, it may be the only way you get to a game this yeah. year, at least securing your own tickets. So I think that will be important. I think tickets will be very affordable for this deal. Um, would be my guess. They haven't announced. I don't think a ticket price in this. I have not seen. I think it, the no. details on that are coming out. So yeah, I think there will be a. You know, I don't know that it will be cram jam full because it is football season. It is the bye week. It is the week that you know, you, you know, if you've been to every football game, you kinda gotta do what some others wanna do maybe in your house. So but but there will be a great crowd and it's a great opponent. You think about it, you got Purdue coming in your house, you got Duke coming in your house, you got Kentucky, what, Tennessee? Yeah. Who else? Purdue, Auburn,
5: Duke, Kentucky, yeah. Tennessee, Auburn, Missouri, A yeah. and M, and LSU are all coming to Bud Walton yeah. Arena I
3: mean, this year. Those are you know, and I know the Purdue game doesn't count officially, but they're going to play, you know, some kind of exhibition game in your building, and that 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 makes for probably the best home schedule ever if yeah. you include
5: that. Yeah, sixteen thousand in there that day.
3: I don't As know if you have that much. many. I think 15 like tops. Okay. 12 15. to 15 would be my guess. Yeah. They may announce it bigger, but that, you know.
5: That's what it's at. So, it's again, Tommy, we just kind of rattled off the number of teams coming in. You also know who your first opponent in basketball is going to be November the 6th. Scotty Bordelon of Whole Hog Sports got this from the University of Arkansas through a Freedom of Information uh, request. Alcorn State, Monday, November 6th, is the uh, where they're going to open their season at home. Okay. So that is the uh, the home opener for basketball. Generally, the today.
3: first few opponents. I mean, you, you know, they've got the trip to the uh, to the Bahamas coming up that you got to get ready for. And Then you got Duke coming in, like we just mentioned. So, I mean, there's not a lot of runway here to just kind of warm yourself up for this
2: year.
5: No. We got a, a text in here on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Chris and Fayetteville's. His grandparents went to Purdue with Neil Armstrong, so he grew mm-hmm. up a Boilermakers and a Razorback fan. So. That's fortunate for Chris. I mean, when you played Purdue twice in your history. You played them in, like, 1938 and 1983 when you beat them in the second-round game yeah. of the NCAA tournament. That's it.
3: And what's the tie between Arkansas and Purdue? What's the biggest tie people
5: would, would think oh about? Oh, gosh. It's a football or basketball tie? It'd be a basketball tie. Should I know this? Mm-hmm. Should this be an easy answer?
3: Mm-hmm. I think a lot biggest, of people are yelling at the dashboard right now. Biggest tie between... Think, think, I mean, you, you're a man that knows a bad haircut. Think about, you know... Bad dudes, comb overs. You're a man that's destined for a comb over.
5: Biggest tie between Arkansas. Come on, who is, who
3: is the legendary coach at
5: Purdue? Why am I? Why do I not know who this is? Gene Cady, right? Oh, I did he coached at Arkansas. Yeah, he worked with Eddie Sutton. So okay. that'd be that'd be the tie. I did not so, know that. Yeah. That's uh, I'm not as familiar with Eddie Sutton's assistants as I am with Nolan Richardson. So. <sighs> That's not there great. Yeah. I need to bang my head against the wall for not knowing that. All right, last tip I want to get into. Uh Bobby is Tommy, you know the they finally added that third assistant of baseball. All right. So, and he is now a full time assistant with Arkansas. That recently happened this uh this month. Yeah, and
3: I guess yeah, because the new fiscal year I guess began in, in July. Uh the end of the, the, the fiscal year is at yeah. the end of June. So that that was allowed or, or added uh, at the uh, for the twenty four season, I'm sure softball has the same setup. How much as
5: well. of a salary jump do you think it went up from going from <laughs> a volunteer to? We can well, figure it out. We well, just Well, it's, it. it's
3: a million percent, right? Yeah. Because or whatever, it's it's infinite. Because if you go from volunteer, which is in theory zero, uh, to whatever, it's a, it's a huge jump percentage wise.
5: Yeah, that is going to do it for your hog update this morning. Brought to you as always by our friends at Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call eight eight eight. Eight Sparky. We got a call earlier this week from Ray, who listens Desarc. Tommy, where is Desarc, Arkansas? Down in uh, South Arkansas. South Arkansas. Yeah. He watches the show every single day on YouTube. He tells he told me yesterday on the phone, or earlier this week on the phone, that he watches the Morning Rush and halftime every single day on our YouTube channel. And he was asking about potentially gear. What is a piece of ESPN Arkansas gear? That you don't have that you want golf Ooh. towel. No, by the way, no, trying. we've got golf towels. Um, we do have golf towels. Yeah,
3: okay. We just give them to the real golfer, So um,
5: well, I'm not one of those. <laughs> I am somehow, some way playing in the uh, the golf tournament come Monday for the Kendrick Fincher hydration for life. I don't know how somehow, some way. You asked me. By the way, you asked me. Do you want to play in this golf tournament or figure out the show? What kind of response do you think you're going to get to that? Asking if I'd rather play 18 holes of golf. Well, my, or choices,
3: do, well, my choices were to uh, to let you play in the golf tournament or I'll play in the golf tournament and you run the sales meeting.
5: I mean, I'd kill the sales meeting. I'd die. Hey, well, then let's switch. No, I already, already signed that thing that said <laughs> I was playing, so we can't do that. We can't do that. Yeah. But we have golf towels. Yeah. Maybe uh, I've got banners, got hat. You have an old hat. I don't have a hat. I wear enough hats where I would take a hat. So if you want to make you that wear happen, enough
3: hats to okay, you um, want to make that happen. Was that okay. literal or, or a figure of speech? Well, I mean,
5: I at hmm. the at the uh, station, I wear enough hats to do yeah. four jobs, but I'm Here only assigned one. Yeah. Um, but Says from the, the guy the,
3: that eats ketchup on a hot dog. <laughs> from
5: the uh, from and the a, actu- and a steak too, by the way, from the actual apparel slash accessories standpoint, I would wear an ESPN Arkansas hat.
3: something apparel wise. Oh, I've got uh, overnight uh, next year or next next month, less than a month, month from yesterday starts my 19th year. So I've got quite a bit of of gear stored up over uh, nearly two
5: decades. 19th year, yeah, man, time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Where's it all gone? A month ago, this next month,
3: a month, uh, uh, August 26th begins my 19th year here.
5: Okay, July 31st is my five year. So you've only got me by four (laughs) times. Well, four times. Hopefully things work out and you don't catch me. Henry Apple is waiting on us again with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, Henry, thank you so much for making some time for us this morning. Just kind of, if you could treetop the impact of Proposals 7 and 8 that impact high schools across the state that passed earlier this week.
2: Most definitely. Now, number 7 is basically, it's going to put limits of the number of teams in a classification, which is what we did not have Last year, or we'll have this year, you know, what they did last year is they put all the public schools in a the classification, then wherever the private schools or non-public, however you want to say it, you know, wherever what classification they land is they just added them, and, and it caused for some uh, uneven conferences, basically. You look at 6A, they had one conference with 10 teams, and one with 9 teams, which led to odd scheduling, open dates in bad weeks. So what proposal number seven does, now it's going to say, hey, 7A, you're only going to have 16 teams. 6A, you're only going to have 16 teams. 5A, 32, 4A, and 3A will have 48 apiece, and 2A will get the rest. And basically, it's going to help with scheduling. You won't have those open dates on a week eight or week nine anymore because the conferences now can say, hey... Weeks number four through ten, that is our conference games set. And the thing of it is now is uh, how they're going to do it is if a non-public or private school, however you want to pronounce it, goes into a classification, it allows a public school to drop in a classification. So um, here's what's going to happen. Starting next year, you're going to have three public schools fall to 5A. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have four fall to uh from five A to four A. And and basically mm-hmm. northwest Arkansas that one hits directly because the three of the four schools moving are Huntsville, Gravit, and Prairie Grove. So and then you will have six schools fall from four A to three A and seven schools fall from three A to two A. All right. So,
3: so
2: So when we think about think that you
3: know, when we think about that, Henry, I think w- when you look at yeah, you, know, you, you mentioned the population base and the growth in northwest Arkansas and you mentioned places like Gravit and Prairie Grove who have seen a boom in their population, their towns, because of available land and that's where home housing developments are happening, so therefore their their schools are growing. So we've seen a lot of change in schools in classification. I think one of the conferences, just reading some of your writing, that's probably gonna undergo the most change and I, I think about, you know, towns like Harrison that are listening this morning and Places uh, that are in that 5A West, Alma, uh, would be another one. And, you know, the 5A West apparently is going to be one of those conferences in football that may have the most change in the 5A level.
2: Most definitely, because the way it was currently going to be set up, the 5A West was going to be Northwest Arkansas heavy. You had Huntsville, you had Gravett, Prairie Grove, Pea Ridge, uh, Farmington, and Shiloh Christian. And then you would have possibly Harrison, Alma, and maybe Clarksville as the ninth team. Well, now, because all this changes, you're going to lose Huntsville. You're going to lose Gravit, You're going to lose Prairie Grove. You may lose Shiloh Christian, and we haven't talked about that later. So then you're going to have to see them go more east and pick up. Now you know that Clarksville's definitely going to be in the 5A West, but also Moralton, Greenbrier and possibly even Bologna. Yeah. So let's go back and and kind of rewind
3: to why all of this was necessary and the equity factor points. I mean, I may not be getting the, the the phrasing just right with the private schools and and how they go about this, but that was really where this began four or five years ago when private schools began getting points based on the results of their season because they don't have district boundaries and the way they classify those schools. And, and a lot of this was, let's just be honest, it was PA-based, it was Shiloh-based, it was Harding Academy-based because of their success in football, trying to figure out how to make it more equitable. Explain kind of the, the origin of all of this and what has led us to this point with, with this new proposal 7 and 8 that will be enacted for the next cycle. Hey, definitely.
2: Uh, it first started off, this is based off of, uh, uh, they said they went to a lot of schools, states that also uses these equity points program i think oklahoma uses it alabama uses it so they went to several states and said hey how do you guys take care of your private school and they came up with this formula that started actually they started compiling points with the last school year uh private schools can get one point if they have a winning conference record if they win a state playoff game you get two points if you reach the state championship game you get three points and if you win a state championship you get a four points and the maximum you can get is four points per season now proposal number eight what it did the original uh, equity factor was a four year plan and you could get um uh, if a team got 10 or more points over four years you went up a classification. Well, now it's going to change it to where it's, you compile points every two years, and you only get five points to move up. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it cuts those things in half. And, and,
3: and, now, and it aligns what, it with the cycles of, of, of reclassification every two years. So It, it keeps it in lockstep with the classification system.
2: Right. And that's basically what this was done. They wanted to make everybody on the same page, whether you're a charter school, a public school, a private school, whatever, you're going to get reclassified every two years. Mm-hmm. But one thing that was not changed in this was the, you know, they cut how many points you can get to go up a class in half, they cut the time frame in half. What they did not cut was the amount of points you can get a year. So, say, for instance, we're going to start looking at last year. Pulaski Academy won the 6A state championship. They got four points out of that. That means this year all they have to do is get a winning conference record. They get one point, and they're up in the 7A. Okay. Uh, you look, uh, Shiloh Christian and Harding Academy are in the same boat. They both reached the state runner-ups in 5A and 4A last year. Well, now all they have to do is win a playoff game and they're up in the next classification, whether it's Shallow in six A or Harding Academy in five A, and and so on.
3: Henry Apple, Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, with us on the McClarty Daniel Highline, talking about some recent changes enacted by the governing body of the Arkansas Activities Association that will affect high school football, really in conferences and classifications across the state. So I know we have people listening in Fort Smith right now that are wondering about Northside and Southside. They have been. Both 7A schools, but in different conferences in recent years. What will these changes do moving forward for Northside and Southside as far as being paired in the same conference? Which, you know, for the last four years, I guess it's been, they have not been. Will they remain in the same classification moving forward? And will they get back into the same conference together at some point? Uh,
2: As far as football in the same conference, that's not looking likely because they've got to keep it balanced eight and eight for football purposes. Cause you don't want those open dates in week four through 10. So that keeping that. So uh, as of right now, North side will remain in the central and South side will remain in the West. And people wonder why that's happened. That was because of a difference of 1.6 miles.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, with the way the mileage works now, in this next year, this next year is going to determine a lot of things. It, it's not going to affect them if class or one, let's say one private school moves up. And the easier one is obviously Pulaski Academy. If it moves up, Jonesboro moves down to 6A. But if a second private school, whether it's Little Rock Catholic or Little Rock Christian, reaches the state championship game in 6A, they will get the points necessary to move up to 7A, and that is going to cause <laughs> Fort Smith Southside to drop to 6A. So you you could be looking at Northside and Southside being in the different classifications for the first time since 1980.
3: And we should clarify that the reason it would be Southside, Jonesboro and Southside are the two smallest schools by 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 student count it's numbers just
5: over like twelve hundred right? right
3: so that, that that's the reason we're not singling out Southside or Jonesboro that yeah. that's based on the the student population numbers so that leads me to ask this question uh, Henry should should proposal seven which limited the seven A and the six A to sixteen teams should that be looked at at some point and maybe and, and also when you factor in the difficulty of scheduling non conference games in weeks zero through three. Um, should seven A and six A possibly grow to eighteen teams at some point, and that would that would limit the responsibility of trying to schedule those non-conference games, and maybe provide a little more balance near the top?
2: That could be looked at because that's actually something you know. Uh, in talking to Fort Smith Athletic Director Mike Beaumont about this, he wanted he didn't mind uh, eight passing, but he did not want seven to pass because. Had eight just passed, No, we're not looking at, num- at proposal number seven. We're looking at proposal number eight, the equity factor with the private su- schools. Had golaski Academy moved up, that's all it would have taken and, and got a 17th team. Of course, it would make nine in the West and eight in the Central because Northside would have moved to the West. That's where, where you're talking about. An 18th team could have really worked mm-hmm. because You've got nine and nine. Well, you can schedule the non-conference games in there, you know, whoever, or,
3: you know, generally, be a little difficult, yeah, generally schools it's difficult. only have to play a local rival out of their conference one time a year. You know, every every team seemingly has that other team down the road they need to play. So it'll, it'll allow room for that still.
2: And correctly. You've got uh, a couple of non-conference games you can get at, and it's... You know, if you're a north side or south side, hey, you can get Greenwood or you can get Van Buren or somebody like that, you know, that, you know, would, you know, would be a good gate game.
3: Mm -hmm. And so to
2: bottom line this
3: seven and eight pass, how does it also affect the schools in northwest Arkansas, the Bentonvilles, the Rogers, the Springdale schools that are at the the top of the list for, for student count and student population It seems like the effect on those schools are are minimal right now.
2: Right now it's not because uh, the only one affected, uh, basically, that could even get affected is Southside if two private schools move up. The rest of the schools in northwest Arkansas, uh, as of the class 7A, they're going to be untouched in almost every sport because nobody up here is going to move up here.
3: All right, Henry. That's a, a really good breakdown. I know some of that can get kind of inside the weeds, but I think people are very interested in what's going on because, like we've said, man, it, it's going to affect every classification. Uh, it's going to have a ripple effect moving down with teams like you you mentioned Huntsville and Gravit and Prairie Grove. They're going to move classifications based on their growth. But th- you know, if it's capped at sixteen and seven A and sixteen teams and six A. There's only so much room. When the music stops, there's only so many chairs. Somebody's got to move out and there's going to be a ripple effect to this legislation within our state.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right now, proposal number seven, the ripple effect happened immediately. We already have schools that know, hey, we were supposed to be in this one classification, but now we're fixing to drop into a lower classification and some of them are saying, thank you very much. But as far as number eight, we won't know the ripple effect then until we either get into October or November or even December when the state championship games play out. Yeah.
3: It'll be big. All right, Henry, thanks for your time this morning. And uh, maybe we'll catch up as we get closer to week zero and some high school football. Sounds good. All right. Henry Apple, Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I know some of that was a little bit of like listening to tire sizes and talking about equity points and proposal seven and eight, but I thought it was a, subject matter we need to talk about. We've, we've, we've pre-topped it, but I want to get a deeper dive on that because you know if you're listening in Boone County this morning in Harrison, it's going to affect the conference you play in, yep. the teams you play. Where, wherever you're listing this morning, if you're in
5: Hot Springs, it's going to have an effect on who's on your schedule. I heard that if Little Rock Christian gets to a state championship game, we're moving to 7A and we uh-huh. will get trounced in 7A. We will be yeah, right back in 6A.
3: Yeah. I mean, the, the schools that people are paying attention to, you mentioned Little Rock Christian, Walker White, Pulaski Academy, Shiloh Christian, yeah. Harding Academy—those
5: are the ones that really have perpetuated a lot of this this change. So, hey, listen, so stupid private school kids, man! So stupid private school kids. All they need is a haircut. Well, I had to had to get one back in the day. <laughs> had to. Don't have to anymore. should not have your hair touching your collar, young Vice man. Vice Principal Sanford's not there to <laughs> chastise me. Hey, son, you got to go Shag Salon <laughs> so get your haircut. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.
0: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent.